This is a Topher Fierce podcast. I think we have some music coming. Welcome back to the Topher's Feared Podcast. This is a podcast where I, Topher, invite you into my brain for about 30 minutes and we discuss borderline personality disorder. Thank you for joining me again. Um, I want to apologize for the lateness. I'm not for sure when this episode will get out, um, but as of right now, it's Friday and Usually, I release an episode every Monday. Um, yeah, I um, I have BPD. So um, last week, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, um, my mood tanked. And when I mean by tank, I mean getting out of bed is hard. Um, it happens. I, I'm learning to let myself be in the mood instead of trying to change my mood. And it seems to, um, help with the duration. Um, but yeah, that's why I'm late this week. Um, we're going to talk about the second part of the verbally abusive relationship by Patricia Evans. Um, I have a question for you. Do you know in a relationship you deserve a partner that shares themselves with you? This was um, a major thing for me because um I guess I didn't understand the difference between healthy boundaries and unhealthy boundaries. But I didn't know that I could have an expectation of a partner that would share themselves with me. That was a real, um, a real game changer for me. Um, we're just going to review what we talked about last week. Um, we introduced reality one, which is feels power through power over. There's no equality in reality one. They will a person that operates out of reality one will never see you as an equal. Um, there's reality two. Feels power through personal power. Everyone has something to contribute. There's mutuality. The book goes on to explain that because of the 
abuser's need for dominance and his unwillingness to accept the partner as an equal, the verbal abuser is compelled to negate the perception, experience, values, accomplishments, and plans of the partner. Consequently, the the partner may not even know what it feels like to be supported and validated within a relationship. Understand also that the part, the abuser may not even know their behavior is abusive. The partner may take his negation, the abuser's negation, as a lot as a lack of common interest or as a misunderstanding. In truth, the the verbal abuser is more or less constant invalidation. In truth, a verbally abusive relationship is more or less constant invalidation of the partner's reality. The validation is a positive affirmation of the other, such as, yes, I understand your feeling. Is this what you mean? I hear you. Those are positive affirmations. Um, This is a good time to talk about a skill that I learned in couples counseling. Um, when you're having trouble communicating with um, a partner or there might be a misunderstanding or something, um, just quietly ask them what they heard you say. Because sometimes um, even the most perfect person, I think, I don't like to talk about people as imperfect, but... I think sometimes we we can all get filters that muddle the message that's being communicated. So just asking, what did you hear me say, gives them the opportunity to let them know what they heard you say. Then if there's a, mitch, a mismatch, so they heard you say something that you didn't really mean, you can talk about that. That's a very useful skill within relationships. When reading this book, um, like I think I've led on a little bit, um, this book revealed to me that I was living with the largest abuser in my own head. Think about how you talk to yourself. I realized one time, even some of the phrases we say to people that seem comforting and um, seem positive and supportive, they're actually giving a message that your experience should be different. Have you ever, I had a friend that lost, that lost her cat and she was really upset about it. And she goes, oh, she was 16. And it hit me when she said it. I was like, yeah, don't do that. 
Don't don't say, oh, I should have expected it. She was old, so I shouldn't feel as bad as I feel right now. If you think about it, that phrase does that. Oh, she was 16. It, it was expected. So um, these are some of the ways that I found out that I talked to myself. These are some of the phrases I say to myself. Going to end up alone for the rest of my life. Stupid. Why are you so needy? Nasty. Stinky. Good for nothing. If someone shows interest, they're feeling sorry for me. That one's a big one for me because I have I have a disability and um sometimes I'm really self-conscious of it. I would I would be a detriment to a partner. I would ruin someone, ruin their reputation. I'm not special. In fact, I'm basic. Jerky freak. That's a big one for me. Because my movements, um, I have a movement disorder, but I'm a burden. I'm overreacting. See, that's trying to change my perception. And one of the biggest things that I tell myself is that I'm unlovable. I really have a difficult time viewing myself as lovable, but it's changing. It's changing consequences of verbal abuse, a distrust of spontaneity, a loss of enthusiasm, a prepared or on guard state. This is a horrible state to be in. A prepared or on guard state, always being ready for flight or flight. An uncertainty about the partner is coming, how the partner is coming across. You may be always guessing what your partner is trying to convey. The concern that something is wrong with you. An indication to soul searching and reviewing incidents with the hope of determining what went wrong. We're always trying to fix things sometimes or explain it, and sometimes it's just abuse. And a loss of self-confidence, a growing self-doubt, and internalization, critical voice. When you're verbally abused, you become a little bit of abuser in your own head too, like I said. A concern that the partner isn't happy and ought to be. An anxiety or fear of being crazy. When you're invalidated, there comes a point to where sometimes you think that you're wrong 
for needing validation or having that certain need that you're crazy, that you're different, that you're asking for something that you shouldn't be. And with validation and support within a relationship, those are things that should never be withheld. A sense a sense that time is passing and the partner is missing something. A desire not to be the way the partner is. Too sensitive. You start trying to change yourself because you think if you can fix yourself, it'll be it'll make everything okay. The tendency to always live in the future. Um, everything will be great when, after, when I can do this, when this changes, everything will be great in the future. Those are some of the things that we, that, that are consequences of verbal abuse. A distrust of future relationships. Boy, is that true. Um, physical consequences of um, verbal abuse. You may feel exhausted. It's overwhelming to be your own person. Your back keeps hurting and you keep clutching and like I'm, I'm warding off a blow, but I just can't relax. You know that feeling. Um, I can't seem to understand him. I keep getting sick and I'm tired when I wake up. It takes a toll on your whole body. I ache all over sometimes as I've been stiff stuffed in a box. Just realize I get splitting headaches only after being together all weekend. If your body is tensing up when you, someone enters the room or someone, in my case, when someone's would get home from work, that's a message your body is telling you something's wrong. Something's not right. Begin to listen to your intuition again. Just listen to it. You don't have to take action. Just listen to your intuition. And then maybe you can take action. But it starts with listening to your intuition. Beliefs we tell ourselves in an abusive relationship. The, par the partner believed that if they were better able to express themselves and to explain what their partner meant, her partner wouldn't be angered by the, her questions or thoughts. The partner may believe that if they didn't have an inexplicable problem with them, that the other partner would not be so angry all the time. 
the partner believed that if his partner weren't inadequate in some way, the partner wouldn't feel so much pain and hurt. We start taking responsibility for the pain that somebody else is causing us. The partner believed that just as the partner was sincere and caring, the man who said that loved her, they say they love us. And I think in the way, in a way they do, there's a big chance that if um, you're in a verbally abusive relationship, that the person that is abusing you has never been in a validating relationship themselves. So they've never experienced the actual flow and give and take of a mutual intimate relationship. Um, and that's why I think that it's so hard to break this pattern. The partner believed that as soon as her mate understood that, ang that the angry outbursts and sarcasm put downs really hurt her, he would stop. That's not the case. The partner believed that the partner just had to find a way to explain to him how much things he said bothered her. I just got to phrase it different. I just got to put it in a different way. I got to make sure my, that my tone of voice is just a certain way. Um, make sure that I don't say anything that would give them a reason to have a problem. See, do you see that? You see the, the kind of the off balance, the off balance that happens. Um, there's always a guessing going on. There's always um, what can be tweaked, what can be changed externally, ex except nothing ex externally can change a verbally abusive person. Only admitting it and actively working towards changing behavior can a verbally abusive person change? Um, obstacles to help. Um, I guess beliefs are kind of obstacles to health, to, to help, but um, obstacles to health. I'm going to put this one out there. Fear. Fear. You're afraid of being alone, afraid of having to start over, Afraid of the unknown. At least it, here now in this relationship, if it's a verbally abusive relationship, you know what you're dealing with most of the time. I mean, the only thing is, is that usually they escalate. The partner has learned, you've learned to overlook the unkindness. 
upsetting incidents are denied by the abuser and the partner thinks that they're wrong. Verbal abuse, control, and manipulation have not been articulated or defined for the partner. You can't know you're being abused until you know what abuse is. And if you go back to the beginning of the last podcast, there's a quote that tells you exactly what abuse is. The partner forgets her upset feelings when the abuser is intermittently friendly. And in borderline object permanence comes back into play. So it's even harder um, to to affect change. The partner thinks her feelings or his feelings are wrong. There has to be something wrong with me because add anything. The partner is always off balance. This, and this was the biggest thing in my case also when I realized I was in a verbally abusive relationship was that I was always off balance. Whenever it seemed that I would catch my feet and be stable, something would happen. And again, the whole relationship was thrown into question and um, we didn't know what was going on. People were mad. So yeah, you're always going to be kept off balance. And that prevents you from clearly understanding what's going on. You may begin to believe your own perception is wrong. This is a big one. And especially for borderlines who have trouble listening to their intuition. Um, But this is where listening to our internal voice can help us find direction when we're in need. Questions to ask yourself. How often do you feel upset about what is said or not said to you? Like I said at the beginning, you deserve a partner in an intimate relationship that will share themselves with you. Silence can be abusive. What is going on in your life at this time? Are there others present? Usually verbal abusers do not behave the way they behave around others unless they are escalating. Take note of that. If you're in a verbally abusive relationship and your verbal abuser has escalated to abusing you in front of friends, um, that's a serious sign that your relationship may become a physical abusive relationship. 
So be aware of that. Are you usually alone with your mate? Do you feel alone? You know what I'm talking about. You can be with someone and still be so lonely. If you have that feeling that there again, that is your intuition speaking to you. What do you actually feel when you, when there is an upsetting incident with your mate? Think about that and maybe take some time to think about it, but actually think about what you're feeling. Do you feel confused, surprised, hurt, frustrated, diminished by your partner, or threatened even? How do you respond to your partner? And like I said, I'll say this again. With me, I was in a verbal abusive relationship and I was also verbally abusing. So um, that question, how do you respond? Is it has it come to the point that you're actually abusing also? That's an important thing to watch out for. When you're in a verbally abusive relationship, this is something you need to remember. Verbal abuse is the issue, the problem in the relationship. When a couple is having a real argument about a real issue, like how to discipline the, the, our children or how much time to spend apart or together, both parties may feel angry, but they can say, this is what I'm feeling angry about. See, there's communication. Or this is what I want. Learning to ask for your needs is a big thing, and we'll talk about that in future episodes. But, and eventually, there is goodwill on both sides. The issue will be resolved. In a verbally abusive relationship, there is no specific conflict. The issue is the abuse, and the issue is not resolved. Another way to say this is there's no closure. Types of abuse, withholding. Like I said, you deserve and you have a right to have a partner that shares himself with you. Countering, that's someone that counters your perception. Discounting, verbal abuse disguised as jokes. And I'll give you an example of this one. Um, have you ever had someone from the South say, God bless your heart? Yeah, they're criticizing you. <laughs> and have you ever known people? I know I have a couple friends that can cut you and make it sound like they're giving you the best compliment in the world. But in relationships, in an intimate relationship, this isn't something that's done. Um, trivializing, 
There again, you're overreacting, undermining, threatening, name-calling, forgetting. You know, like I'll give you an example on the forgetting. Two years in a row, both of my partners forgot my birthday. Do you think that they actually really forgot my birthday? I mean, it was two years in a row. Forgetting can be abusive. Because if someone's not important enough for, to you, for you to remember, they're usually not important enough. Denial, abusive anger. You have these rights in a relationship. These are the things that in a relationship you have a right to. The right for goodwill from the other, the right for emotional support, the right to be heard by the other end and be responded to with courtesy, the right to have your own view even if your mate has a different view, the right to have your own feelings and experiences acknowledged as real. I'm gonna say that again. The right to have your feelings and experiences acknowledged as real. You have that right in a relationship. The right to receive a sincere apology for any jokes you find offensive the right to clear and informative answers to questions that concern what is legitimately your business, the right to live free from accusations and blame, the right to live free from criticism and judgment, the right to encouragement. You have a right to be encouraged in a relationship. The right to be called by no name that belittles you or devalues you. The right to be respectfully asked rather than ordered. And I'm going to say this one again because I think it's so important. You have the right to be encouraged. Expectation of encouragement in a relationship is normal. And I just saw that we're just getting ready to hit the 30 minute mark. And I think I'm going to go a little bit over on this episode. Um, it, once you figure out you're in a verbally abusive relationship, the first thing you need to do is to confront. Um, I know this is sounds crazy. It sounds like it's opening yourself up for more abuse, but taking a stand and saying that you won't accept it and that you feel that it's abusive is necessary. Second, ask them to go to therapy with you. Therapy can help so much, and as we've discussed, the abuser may not even know that their behavior is abusive. 
as we discuss, you may have not known your behavior was abusive. And now I'm going to speak to the borderline. In my experience, you cannot progress in your recovery if you're in an invalidating, invalidating relationship or a verbally abusive relationship. You cannot make headway because your recovery depends so much on you becoming validated as a person that if you're in an invalidating or a, a verbal abusive relationship, any progress you have is probably going to be torn down and you're going to be finding yourself going around in circles. So for the borderline, there's another layer of thought that we have to think about. Maybe it's best for me to relieve this relationship. Maybe it's best for us to separate for a time and for a short time. There are solutions, but please, if they're not willing to get help, consider your mental health first. Okay. And to the person who is not in a relationship, this information can help you too, because you now can recognize some markers for a possibly verbally abusive person. Someone that comments or tries to, to define your experience, that might be a flag. All right, I thank you for joining me today, and I hope you come back next week. Can we get that music back? Day by day as it grows stronger, you can't look away. Seems like it's in your life. Watch me as I strive In the mirror though empty What you become You're coming undone You're